Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. This is the broadcast for March 1st in the year of our Lord, 2023. Two hours of incredible talk radio straight ahead. Ladies and gentlemen, the promotion of God, family, and country, the protection of life, liberty, and property, using the supreme law of the land, the Constitution, our founding fathers, the Bible, the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, the Bill of Rights, it all continues now. This is going to be such an incredible special broadcast. I have gotten rid of all the floater breaks. We need all the time we can get to break it down just for you. Quickly, a recap of yesterday's show. We had a guest by the name of Ryan Cunningham. He is an attorney in the great state of Illinois. Him and his partner, Tom, have sued Governor Pritzker and company over the, great, or over the gun ban dishonesty. Uh, RyanCunningham.co is where you can learn about him. He's an interesting guy, and he got COVID vaxxed. Well, it ruined his heart. <laughs> so as an emergency manager, he thought he was helping people. But he got snookered, ladies and gentlemen. Now he's got heart trouble, and there's a fundraiser to help him with his heart damage from the vaccines. Uh, Ryan also provided an update that him and Tom filed against J.B. Pritzker's in this lawsuit. We also talked about how we're going to support the sheriffs in the great state of Illinois. All right. We also then secondarily on the Sheriff Mac show simulcast with Liberty Roundtable, radio and TV. We talked to guest from Perry County, Illinois, Commissioner Jennifer Martin, who's a mother of four. Uh, she has exposed funding. She's helped with schools and education. Uh, man, she's just done a ton of things. She got arrested and elected. It's just an incredible story. Uh, we covered all that. Then we talked about the IRS is extending tax filing deadlines for people in Alabama, Georgia, uh, and California who have been recently impacted by disasters. And then we said, shut the criminal IRS down now. We talked about the new texting option. If you want to text to get on our text list for the CSPOA, text the letters CSPOA to the number 53445. All right, that's the first hour. Second hour, Richard Mack was with me, and we talked about, does Trump go to the big house or the White House? <laughs> or both. Um. We then talked about how Obama might win 2024. Check that out. Joe Biden supports gain-of-function research. National Security Spokesman now says. We talked about a must-watch movie from our dear friend Chris Ann Hall. It's a must-watch movie, Noncompliant 2. Go to noncompliantmovie.com and watch it today. It's incredible. We also mentioned that we will be creating our own movie as a continuation of that. That's the recap of the broadcast that took place yesterday. Without further ado, news the networks refuse to use starts now. I've got two guests with me. The first one is James Edwards, well-known talk show host in his own right, author, dear friend, thepoliticalcesspool.org. Welcome back, sir. Hey, thank you, Sam. Anything going on this week? Oh, man, there is so much going on, <laughs> it's not even funny. And we also have Chris Carlson with us, who joins me as co-host on Saturdays, usually. Chris, welcome, sir. Thank you, Sam. Without God, we cannot win. With God, we cannot lose. The battle for freedom is the Lord's, but we need to be engaged in that fight. Lieutenant Carlson reporting for duty, sir. 
The Criminal Southern Poverty Law Center, that's an opinion to which I'm entitled, attacked me relentlessly uh, in a new um, dishonest piece, to say the least. Consequently, they, uh, they don't really call me a white supremacist, uh, but they basically say that I'm a white supremacist and promote white hate. I'm on their hate watch list. It goes on and on and on. Well, because of that, I just thought what we'd do is talk about race a little bit. Talk about white supremacy a lot. Talk about who we are. What is your lineage, my fellow around the world listeners? What is the lineage of the folks that work at the Southern Poverty Law Center, huh? Well, ladies and gentlemen, biblically speaking, or in the Bible, it was important for people to show that they were descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to show that they were part of the covenant people. Who's your God? My God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob was kind of the point, biblically. But nowadays in modern reality, we have lost touch with who we really are, with our lineage, with what's going on. Uh, We think that the Zionist Jews are literally God's chosen people and nobody else is really chosen by God there. And that's the confusion. But ladies and gentlemen, the birthright goes to Joseph. Joseph has a birthright that was given to him specifically and pointed out in the book of Jeremiah. Who are these descendants of Joseph today? Huh? Could the tribe of Joseph, with all of its rich blessings of prosperity, uh, have a role to play as we prepare again for Christ to return? That is the point of Chris Carlson. We'll let him double down, make his point, and we'll discuss it with Sam and James. We'll do that at first to kind of lay out some You know, history, because they say we're just racists and we hate everybody. Well, Hate Watch hates everybody. They're the liars that have been discredited by 20-plus attorney state generals in America. They've been completely discredited by all kinds of people over the years. They've been writing about me for as long as I can remember. I'm one of the greatest hate groups in the state of Utah. But you know what, folks? Let's talk about race. Let's talk about biblical origins. Let's talk about who we are and why we focus on this so much. Chris? Well, first of all, congratulations, Sam. You've been labeled a white supremacist, a white nationalist, whatever label they want to put on you. I would wear that as a badge of honor. That tells me that you must be doing something right. Otherwise, they wouldn't pay that much attention to you. So it's congratulations. Yeah, it's, the who's, it's who's who and who's over the target. That's become factual. Yep, that's right. And I know you personally, you have impeccable character. I don't know James nearly as well, but I do listen to his show. And I would say the same thing of James. You have impeccable character. And we do, we're do. we all about love. We're not about And hate. I know James very well, and I concur with that view. Yes. So I know that, that these, uh, according to the article that you sent, I know that these, these claims are, are false as far as you being anything about hate. We're all about love. We're all about Christianity. And we're all about the truth and the truth is for literally 2000 years there have been a group of people promoting the notion that they are god's chosen people and we know them as the jews modern day jews and they have um, heretofore been successful in convincing many christians including members of my own family that they are exclusively god's own chosen people when in fact, if you just merely read the Old Testament from beginning to end, you will discover a lot of inconvenient facts that, uh, that, that prove that this is not the case. 
There were 12 original tribes referred to as the house of Israel or the children of Israel. Judah is one of those 12 tribes. But if you ask most Christians today, they would say, no, the Jews are, are the house of Israel. They're all 12 tribes. Well, by their own admission, by referring to themselves as Jews, which is a derivation of the word Judah, they admit that they are one of 12 tribes. So I pose the question, what happened to the other 11 tribes? Were they abducted by aliens? Did they disappear from the face of the earth? Were they, what happened to them? God made many promises and patriarchal blessings to all 12 tribes, and we're going to read some of those promises. But the tribe of, of Joseph specifically is what we're going to focus on today. And in the Bible, at least twice, and through other circumstantial evidence that we read as we read the Bible, I can prove to you that not only are, are not the Jews the only exclusive tribe, but they are not even the birthright tribe. The birthright tribe goes to Ephraim. And you, you reference First Chronicles 5.1.2. Let me read that word for word, Sam. And this is in the Bible. Every Christian, this is the King James Version of the Bible. It reads, um, Now the sons of Reuben, the firstborn of Israel, for he was the firstborn. Now, they make reference to Reuben because normally the firstborn genetically uh, received the primogeniture blessing. But in this case, for whatever reason, it passed over him. So let me continue in Chronicles. But for as much as he defiled his father's bed, his birthright was given unto the sons of Joseph, the son of Israel. And the genealogy is not to be reckoned after the birthright. In other words, it passed over Reuben, the firstborn. For Judah prevailed above his brethren, and of him came the chief ruler. Now that's a reference to Jesus. But, and here's the clincher, but the birthright was Joseph, end quote. First Chronicles 5, 1, 1 through 2. That's my first witness. Here's the second witness. The book of Jeremiah 31, 9. Um, it reads, and I quote, I am a father to Israel, and Ephraim, the son of Joseph, is my firstborn, period. End of discussion. It is clear, two witnesses established the truth of the matter. Ephraim, through Joseph, his father, received the birthright blessing. We can talk about why that is. But, but it's proved in the Bible. The, this, this is straight from the King James Version of the Bible. I'm not making this up. This is not Mormon scripture. Uh, this is not speculation. It's right in the Bible. And I've got tons more circumstantial evidence to show that the tribe of, of Ephraim, through Joseph, is the birthright tribe. And many promises and blessings, but not only promises and blessings, James and Sam, are extended to that tribe, but responsibilities. Okay? So we don't run around like some tribes and say, well, we're God's chosen people. You need to give us special status in society. You need to make exceptions for us. You need to send us money so that we can build our third temple. You need to send us weaponry so we can destroy our enemies as if, you know, you God. You need to give us our own nation and respect that. Nobody else can have that or they're racist. But you need to give that to us specifically, say the Jews, right? Yeah. And they are one of the 12 tribes of Israel. I will give them credit for that assuming that the Khazar theory is not right. But that's another discussion. And I'm for fine me. letting the Jews have their own, quote, nation. nation. Uh, but man, will they let others do the same? Or is that a racist contention, you see? So the point that we're driving at, ladies and gentlemen, is the Lord had 12 tribes through Jacob renamed Israel. Uh, and we are all part of that and part of the blessings. And as the Savior Jesus Christ prepares to return 
it's informative to understand our history that through Joseph, who had the birthright and the blessings, he had the responsibility of missionary work and the gathering of all peoples. And that gathering relates to preparing a people to receive Christ when he returns. Chris? Yes, it does. And as you mentioned, it is the tribe of, of Joseph through his second-born son, Ephraim, through which the majority of missionary work in these modern days will be affected. And I've got another scripture to back that up. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 33, verse 17. And this is a, there's a lot of symbology here, so I'm going to have to break it down a little for you. But I'll go ahead and read it first, and then we'll break it down. His glory is like the firstling of his bullock, and his horns are like the horns of unicorns. With them he shall push the people together to the ends of the earth, and they are the ten thousands of Ephraim, and they are the thousands of Manasseh, unquote. Now, of course, Ephraim and Manasseh are both descendants of Joseph, so they are of the tribe of Joseph. Um, so let's talk about the symbology of the unicorn. His glory is like the firstling of his bullock, and his horns are like the horns of a unicorn. Now, the unicorn is actually an, an extinct uh, wild ox, and the Bible Dictionary talks about that. It's a very powerful animal, and it was known for its strength. So, so the symbolism is that this, um, this effort, this missionary effort, that would be compared to uh, pushing the people together to the ends of the earth would be accomplished by a very powerful force. And that powerful force in modern days is the tribe of Joseph, uh, Sam and James. And it's right there in the Bible. Uh, it just needs to have a little bit of interpretation. And well, talks Ephraim, about the- Ephraim would be greater than Manasseh. That's according to Jacob. Genesis 48.5 highlights that reality. So we realize that this lineage is passed down by fathers to whom they give blessings to passing down the birthright. Okay. Mm-hmm. We've got to understand this principle. Now, why does this matter to you and I? Because we're talking about lineage and who we are. I am a descendant of Joseph through Ephraim. Uh, and I, I believe that James is as well. And that kind of relates to these countries and to nationalities and to freedoms and to uh, you know, James talks a lot about uh, on the radio how the white people, historically, uh, have been the Christians, have been the ones who develop technologies, have been, and, and we're not here to down other people, but that's a fact of history of who's done what. The most freest, prosperous, advanced nations in the world are Christian white nations. All right. Yes. So th- this is not a racial debate here for the Southern Poverty Law Center just to attack. This is a biblical Christian understanding. Yes, the Jews have an incredible lineage. The Savior, Jesus Christ, was through that Jewish line. However, yes. blessings were extended in this great blessing that God gave Jacob, renamed Israel, to all the 12 tribes, primarily ministered through Joseph. The one who was sold into yeah. Egypt, the one who saved his family the first time because he had food, and the one the Lord will use then to prepare the people to receive Christ again, doing so through the leadership of ma- primarily white nations, primarily nations who believe in God and Christ, who understand who we are as a people, and who will bring people together through missionary work and teach the teachings of Jesus Christ. That's the whole purpose of this discussion, Chris. Yes, and let's go back to the nations, plural. Now, if the Jews were the recipient of the promises of Abraham and that there would be a multitude, I'm quoting now, I'm quoting from Genesis 48, 19. Uh, 
Jacob reiterated the fact that Ephraim, quote, and his seed shall become a multitude of nations, unquote. Genesis 48:19. That is from the Bible. Now you tell me what tribe most represents a multitude of nations. How many nations do the Jews occupy or control? The land right of Israel. Right now, none. They're hoping to control one, right? Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah, good point there. I mean, let's but be factual. The answer is none, ladies and gentlemen, but they're advocating to control one. Nobody else can advocate well, for that in the world, but the Jews can, right? Oh, yeah. You know, through their biblical heritage, you know, because they're God's chosen people. Yeah. And the we other one. We won't attack tribes, them for that because that would be racist, you see. Oh, of that course, would. if we make they're... the same claim, that would be racist, you see. See, you can't yep. win with these, these clowns. When did you quit beating your wife is the question. Well, yeah. Okay, there's no good answers when they play those games. Why can't we open up the discussion to calm educated minds and dig into the details and put together our own viewpoints and our own reasons and our own understandings and accept that they may differ from someone else's. Why can't we do that? We can yeah. and we do on this program. Chris? On this program, and as you mentioned, the Jews are literally engaged at this time as we speak, Sam and Jane, in an ethnic cleansing program in the land of Israel. Yet if we try to maintain our own culture and our own society – and, and claim pride in our own race, somehow we're racist. Yet the Jews are literally perpetrating murder in the name of ethnic cleansing and maintaining the purity of their race, and they get away with it, and we don't. Something doesn't add up here. And we're not even advocating violence. What we're advocating is equal standing for all of God's children throughout the world, whether they're of the 12 tribes or not. It doesn't matter. In his eyes, we're equal. Now, let's talk about... We, we talked about the multitude of nations. So let's talk about those nations. You look at North America. You look at Canada. You look at Northern Europe. There is a multitude of, of nations from which the tribe of Joseph uh, has been represented. And those nations have been the primary force in these latter days in promoting Christianity throughout the world. So there are more promises. Uh, I mean, we talked about the one in um, the one I just quoted you. Uh, about, you know, the ox symbolism in, um, oh, what, what, what's that scripture that I just read? Uh, anyway, the unicorn. And if these are not symbolic of, of what we're doing as white Christian nations from primarily Northern European extraction, I don't know how else to explain it, Sam and James. I've got the, the um, patriarchal blessing of Joseph that his father, Jacob, uh, placed his hands on his head and bestowed upon him, and this is gonna, this is gonna look like modern day, uh, the United States of America or modern day Australia or modern day Canada, as far as Christian culture is concerned. Can I read that blessing? Let her rip. Okay, Joseph is a fruitful bough, even a fruitful bough by a well. Remember, this is a blessing that was given to him by his father Jacob. Uh, and this was after he saved his brethren from starvation, by the way. So, so these future blessings have nothing to do with what had already been accomplished to that point. He literally saved his 11 brothers from starvation. They would have been eradicated from the gene pool uh, four or 5,000 years ago if it hadn't been for his faithfulness. And that faithfulness continues through his seed today. So I will continue. Joseph is a fruitful bough, even a fruitful bough. Uh, by a well whose branches run over the wall. Let me interpret that for you. 
What that is a reference to is that is a reference to their dispersion throughout the world and they're inhabiting uh, countries throughout the world, like the United States, like Canada, uh, like Northern Europe, uh, where they uh, moved to after the diaspora in about 726 BC, when the 10 tribes were lost. Uh, we can go on. It, the blessing goes on. The archers have sorely grieved him and shot at him and hated him. Does that sound like white people today who are being persecuted? Uh, by minorities and being told that they're responsible for all the world's ills, for slavery, for poverty, for racism, uh, for intolerance in general. And are they not uh, using Christianity as, uh, as kind of a scapegoat for that? It goes on, but his bow abode in strength and the arm of his hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. Does that not sound like the, the strength of uh, modern day European countries? and uh, those of European extraction who have come to America and Canada and Australia, who won the Second World War and defeated one of the greatest threats to um, um, peace and prosperity in the world in the form of Adolf Hitler and the Nazis. Even by the God of thy Father who shall help thee, and by the Almighty who shall bless thee with blessings of heaven above, blessings of the deep that lieth under, blessings of the breast and of the womb, that, that has reference to population. You look at the population of white people, and it used to be pretty healthy, but the, all of these things are, are now uh, being challenged. Um, white populations everywhere in formerly predominantly white countries um, are diminishing, including in America. And that's something that you and James talk about a lot. Uh, let me continue. On. I'll just finish this because there's a lot of uh, information here. The blessing of thy father uh, have prevailed above, above the blessing of my progenitors under the utmost bounds of the everlasting hills. They shall be on the head of Joseph and on the crown of the head of him that was separate from his brethren. And that's obviously a reference to the fact that Joseph symbolically saved, not only symbolically, obviously literally saved his brethren, but that is a foreshadowing of what is happening today. Literally, the house of Joseph today is doing everything that we can as Christians to save the world from tyranny and a lot of that tyranny unfortunately um, and James I know you will agree with me on this is coming from another tribe of Israel and that of Judah uh, because of their power and influence throughout the world their banking power their, their power in Hollywood their power in the media their power in government um, their power in the Federal Reserve and um, and you know I can go on about how uh, during the, the 150, no, actually 1,000 years that, uh, that Judah and the northern tribes had been separated, it was literally a rivalry that con continues today. Uh, do you want to talk about the separation of the 10 tribes from the original 12 tribes? Well, it's a big, it's a big long story. The bottom line, though, is everybody got separated. As you know, everybody got scattered. That's biblical reality. And the point is that mm -hmm. Joseph and Ephraim are the lead peoples to eventually bring back a gathering. A great gathering as we prepare for Jesus Christ to return. That's really the fundamental point we're making. And the point we're making here is a point of lineage, a point of blessings, and understanding that Jews claim this God status more than anybody else, but it's false. The truth is that Joseph, through Ephraim, uh, was given blessings by, uh, from God through Jacob, uh, and that lineage is us, or we are those people. 
Now, scholars might debate this and say, well, you can't prove that, Sam and Chris. Uh, you can't prove your lineage. <clears throat> well, then, if you can't prove your lineage, then you can't say we're racist. Because you, if you don't prove lineage, how do you know that I'm not black? Well, Sam, because you have DNA, and the DNA doesn't show any black genes. Yeah, but if we all came from Adam, that's the Christian belief, then we're all brothers and sisters, you see? And where's the difference, and who's the tribes, and what you're getting is a mixed-up history. And those who disobey God lose blessings. Those who obey God receive blessings. That's the quintessential point. When we get back, we're going to have James Edwards jump into this mix, too. Uh, And uh, we really got to understand this, folks. Are we just racists or do we care about biblical reality and care about preparing the people for Jesus Christ to return? That's the ultimate question, right? Proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Lance Pry. Pharmaceutical company Eli Lilly is set to cut diabetes treatment costs. They're announcing this morning it will cut the list price for its most commonly prescribed insulin products by 70% and take other steps to make it easier for patients to afford the drugs. Kansas City, Missouri Mayor Quentin Lucas is reporting three police officers have been shot. The incident occurred last night when Kansas City Police Department tactical officers were executing a warrant in the eastern part of the city. The three officers who were shot were immediately taken to a local area hospital with non-life-threatening injuries. They are currently listed in stable condition. The Missouri Highway Patrol is conducting the investigation since the Kansas City Police Department was involved. The standoff continues. Ars Technica's Eric Berger believes the cause of Monday's scrubbed launch on West 2 News will not be a problem for Thursday morning's launch of NASA's Crew-6 astronauts to the International Space Station. You know, I don't think it's a serious major technical problem for them to fix. I think they just had an issue with their ground systems supplying this TTEB chemical, the igniter fluid, to the rocket. Democrat Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot has lost her bid for re-election as the race heads to runoff without her after no candidate reached the required 50% vote threshold to be elected. Chicago Public Schools CEO and City Budget Director Paul Vallis will face Cook County Board Commissioner Brandon Johnson in next month's runoff election. YouTube may not be the place to turn for medical advice. Researchers at Brigham and Women's Hospital in Boston say they discovered an alarming amount of misinformation in YouTube videos about sleep disorders. The lead researcher says health information is more nuanced and detailed than what can be squished into a short YouTube video. The study also found that 65% of the videos promoted products and services or had some other commercial bias. I'm John Schaefer. This is USA News. Attention, small business owners. This could be the most important 10-minute call you will ever make. You may be eligible to receive up to $26,000 per employee through the employee retention credit. Call Omega Accounting Solutions to see if your business is eligible to recover payroll tax pay during the pandemic. All it takes is a quick, easy, free 10-minute consultation to determine your qualifications. Call Omega Accounting Solutions at 800-309-ERC. Omega's knowledgeable staff will streamline the process of filing complicated paperwork. Omega is the small business champion with teams dedicated to maximizing tax credits. CPAs even turn to Omega for ERC guidance. Take advantage of this exclusive small business tax credit before it's too late. The three-year sunset deadline is setting soon. 
So find out if you qualify today. Call 800-309-ERC. That's 800-309-ERC. Or visit OmegaTaxCredits.com. Welcome back, everybody. James Edwards here uh, for just a couple of minutes. Sam Bushman and I will be talking about a little bit of news that we've been involved with, uh, primarily Sam, but uh, I got a dishonorable mention as well. We'll be telling you more about that in the second hour. But very fascinated and interested uh, as a Christian in the thesis and the ideas that Chris Carlson is, is bringing to your radio today. I think he makes a very good argument. I have never dived into this uh, to the extent that he has. I've read bits and pieces here and there. But as a Christian, it does interest me. Uh, And I think ultimately we would agree that whether or not we are or are not these people, that all people should have the right to exist, to have societies that reflect their cultures and their language and their histories and their faiths. But... Uh, both Chris and Sam said a few things in the first half hour of this hour that I, I would like to sort of double down on. And, and, and we'll go back to the very beginning uh, with Paul and his compatriots when they made those three missionary journeys to spread the gospel. It's the second journey that was of interest to us. And uh, Paul wanted to go to Asia uh, to preach, if you remember what we learned in Acts. But the Holy Spirit prevented him from doing that. In a vision, Paul saw a man standing across the sea shouting to him, Come to Macedonia and help us. And so he immediately assembled his team and went. And that's a particular interest to this conversation and germane to this conversation because it was the introduction of Christianity to Europe, and that is to white people. Uh, Rather than send the gospel to the Asians, God first sent it to Europe. And we embraced it. We accepted it. And it's changed the lives of our ancient ancestors and continued on through the ages and generations of Europe, which was also known, by the way, as Christendom. Europe was synonymous with Christendom. They were two words for the same place. And it inspired our people. That faith inspired our people, ladies and gentlemen, to the greatest discoveries and accomplishments in the history of the world. And if you are a Christian... That is your heritage and birthright, particularly a Christian of European extraction. That is your heritage. That is your birthright. And so reasonable individuals would suppose that a people in a religion that have done so much good for all of the people of the world, all of the races of mankind, should be regarded as valuable assets uh, to humanity. It just makes sense. If something and someone is helping you, you let it. <laughs> but that's uh, You encourage others to support it, but that's not what's going on here in these and wretched days. And you show gratitude, appreciation, and acknowledgement of it as well. Yeah. Never gratitude. Pat Buchanan said uh, to me one time, never uh, the gratitude, only the grievances. But Christianity, particularly the, the sort of Christianity that Europe uh, generated, is, uh, is taking on a daily savaging from the news media, the entertainment industry, government, universities, colleges, every other outlet of information and influence. Uh, in the United States, gentlemen, there, there's got to be hundreds, maybe thousands of groups, organizations, and agencies, movements, and influential people that on a daily basis seek to divide white Christians from their faith. And, and their strategy in this domination is pretty simple. You divide us from our history. Every week you you see another story about a town or city hauling away a Christian monument, a Confederate monument. Any display of uh, pride in our people and our accomplishments is insensitive at best or racist at worst. They divide us from our culture, Columbus Day, Christmas, Thanksgiving, Independence Day, constant protests. Divide us from each other. 
you know, witness what happens if, if, a, if a college student uh, discusses forming a white student union. Of course, every race and ethnicity has a caucus and a in Congress and in universities and wherever. It's unimaginable that white Christians would do the same. But most of all, they want to divide us from Christianity. Now, why would they want to do that? Ultimately, it's because they hate Jesus Christ. And Jesus told us that since they hate him, that they would also hate us. But most immediately, and this is to your point, guys, it's because the faith of our fathers makes us effective opponents to those who desire to enslave people to debt and to governments, which does not produce societies that foster industry, accomplishment, justice, safety, and courage, all of which are hallmarks of Christian culture. And if they can purge Christianity from our hearts, then it's only a matter of time before they can dominate and destroy us, and with their toughest opposition out of the way, they can dominate the world, and they're well on their way to doing it. So how do they want to rid us of Christianity? Now, the, the most effective tactic has been to convince white people, because you don't see this against black Christians and Hispanic Christians, not in the same way. And thank God for that, but, but uh, I'm concerned about what they're doing to our people. Uh, convince us of the lie that you cannot at one time love and advocate for your people and for your culture and be a true Christian. And the lie goes something like this. If you're white and if you love your own people, then you're a racist, and the Bible and Christianity condemn racism. Now, that's, that's a lie, but, but enough European Americans have believed it that it has become a primary tool in our displacement. And having believed it, people are left with a choice. To either hate your own people so you can be a Christian or stop being a Christian so you can be a racist. And either choice you make out of those two, they win. And, of course, to no other race or religion is that applied. You're never going to hear people tell black clergymen that they cannot at once be in favor for their communities but also be a Christian. Of course, uh, they're not going to say that. So, you know, which one do you choose, racial identity or Christianity? Well, that you know, brings up another problem. In this current climate, neither is welcome. European Americans who love and advocate for their people are branded as white supremacists. God knows that. We'll talk about that in a minute. And Bible-believing Christians are marked as intolerant bigots. So that's not much of a choice given to us, is it, uh, by those who hate yeah, us? Yeah, hate, hate watch will attack you and destroy everything either side, right? That's no absolutely what. right. You can't and, win, and, and, right? And what, what, what average person wants to deal with the constant onslaught and insult of, of that kind of hostility? And uh, and so this is this is where we're at now. Um, I, I would I would give you another option here in closing my, my little bit here. Don't believe the lie. There are thousands of, of white Christians in this country who are godly Bible believing Christians who also aren't ashamed of their past. In other words, they don't dishonor their fathers and mothers as the Ten Commandments teaches us. And I'm one of them. I know a lot of people like that. There is no contradiction. There's no two propositions, no inconsistency or conflict whatsoever. And as a matter of fact, they're complementary to the point that not only can you be a Christian and, and be proud of your earthly lineage, which is what we're talking about here, not only should you be a Christian and love the way that God made you, but if you are a Christian, then you will be proud of how God made you. You will feel the same willingness to sacrifice for yourself that Paul did. Paul wrote in Romans 9, 13, for I wish that myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen according to the flesh. And you'll feel the same imperative to protect your genetic line as Abraham did when he told his servant, thou shalt go into my country and to my kindred and take a wife unto my son Isaac. That's in Genesis uh, chapter 24. You'll feel the same displeasure of God who said through Paul, but if any man provide not for his own, especially for those of his own house, he has denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. So I think, Sam and Chris, everything that we're talking about here is biblically accurate. There is no shame in it. 
Uh, but this is the assault that our people face, and we've got to have men that will stand up. And the churches are a big problem now. The churches are a big problem now because they have been in, uh, infected with the same cultural Marxism, the same wokeness that all the other institutions have. You've got weak men leading the flock, and uh, they have gone astray. So anyway, I hope that wasn't too tangential to the topic that we've been discussing, but those are just some of my takeaways in listening to what we've covered so far. And we have tied the Old Testament and the New Testament together in a biblical way to highlight the future and our responsibility related there too, Chris. And I think it's important. There are a couple of elements that we, we have to make sure that we don't gloss over. One is that 2,000-year grudge. That 2,000-year grudge represents in one, if I could represent it in one statement, where the Jews, when they demanded the Pilate crucify Jesus, they said, let his blood be upon us and upon our children. And that grudge has been carried from generation to generation up until today. Now, that group of people, unfortunately, uh, the majority of them have this visceral hatred because they've been burdened with the notion that they and their ancestors crucified Jesus, which is not true with modern day Jews. They're 20, 50, 100 generations separated from that, but yet they cling to, to those traditions of their fathers as if they have to, like that's part of, part of their heritage. They don't have to. They can uh, cast off the burden of anti-Christianity and be baptized and be just as privileged as the house of Joseph today for the most part is, but they refuse to do that. Now, we need to realize that I think some of these Jewish people today know who we are. They know the rivalry that goes back literally 3,000 years before Christ, where we were the northern tribe and they were the southern tribe in Judah. And at times we were friends, but at other times we were rivals and we would dispute one with another. And then eventually the 10 lost tribes became um, scattered throughout the world. And that's where Christians disconnect completely with their heritage. They think that somehow they were disappeared from the face of the earth, which is not the case. God kept track of them. God guided them. He, he led them, I believe, to Northern Europe, uh, where they probably lived for the most part in a, a state of apostasy until Christianity, like you said, James, eventually got back to them, where they recognized in their souls and their genetic makeup that, that they were, in fact, the heirs of these great promises. They probably didn't know the full picture, um, but they knew enough to know that they were the heirs and that they had the responsibility then to turn around and to preach Christianity throughout the world. And we've been doing that ever since. I think that knowledge of people like you and me, James and, and Sam and our neighbors, they need to know that. They need to realize that we're not only spiritual descendants uh, and spiritual heirs of these promises, we are literal genetic uh, descendants and heirs of these promises. And that message needs to be uh, disseminated throughout Christendom. And I think if we can do that and we realize that we are, as you said, we're in that blessing wherever we go with the technology, uh, with uh, the, the correct political philosophies, uh, with peaceful society and culture, I think if we can send that message out, we can break the stranglehold that the tribe of Judah is trying to place on us because of this 2,000-year grudge that they've hold, held against us. And they think they're on the verge of finally being able to destroy Christianity from the face of the earth. And I'm saying we will not let that happen. Sam? It's vital to understand this. And I know they're just going to basically use this program and say, this just proves how racist you guys uh, really are. But remember, you know what? God sets forth 
ladies and gentlemen, the truth. And God sets forth our relationship with him and with each other. Remember that, okay? So in 930 B.C., just to kind of highlight this, the ten tribes formed the independent kingdom of Israel in the north. And the two other tribes, Judah and Benjamin, set up the kingdom of Judah in the south. Now, I got a question for you. Uh, so, uh, get rid of kingdoms for a minute, but kingdom of Judah, Jacob and Israel. Uh, look, they're all brothers, right? Yes. So the Jew descendant and Sam Bushman descendant of Ephraim are literally like super distant cousins in a literal sense, right? Yes. It's a civil, right. it's a sibling rivalry. Now let's ask rivalry. where the black people, let's ask where the black people come from, shall we? Right? Mm -hmm. You can study, and, and they all come from this great tribe of Israel, right? Mm, I'm Do they not, not? I don't know about that. Well, who, um, who else is on the planet there, besides who else is on the planet besides the twelve tribes? When did the flood happen, Chris? Yes, you can say that they are descended well, from Noah. Come on. Absolutely. When okay, did the flood so happen? Noah, who who else was on the planet besides age? Noah's family? Right. Uh, the Nephilim. <laughs> Uh, that's a topic about which I am not prepared to discuss. You yeah. mean the giants? So, uh, all of, uh, well, so now are the giants, are they, you know, are they real people? Are they like the, um, you know, dinosaurs? Or, or were they really human as we are? Were they descendants of Adam? Uh, you know, so you can get into a whole lot of fuzzy territory there, folks. Yes. But let's be very clear. Are we from that fuzzy territory? Or are we clearly from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Uh, your thoughts, James? Well, I would say this, uh, and that is if you look Because I'm at... certainly not a giant, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Nor am I. <laughs> I. I would say this, and I think this is a takeaway people need to consider. You look at the advancements of Europe, uh, the advancements in exploration and technology, you look at what Europeans were able to accomplish under the banner of the cross. You look at all of the blessings that were bestowed upon Europe during the many centuries that, again, it was synonymous with Christianity when it was called Christendom. You look at all of that, and now you look at the Western nations, not necessarily Eastern Europe, which has maintained the faith far better than we have, but you look at the Western nations. You look at Western Europe. You look at places like London and the United Kingdom in many places. You look at, you look at uh, America. Uh, now that they have turned away from God and embraced all forms of evil and degeneracy, and the decline has been predictable. I mean, it's just as plain as the nose in your face. You look at the advancements of Europe under, for hundreds of years under Christianity, and as we have entered into a post-Christian era in terms of our institutions, at least, and, and many of the people, too. Uh, it's all fallen apart within just a few decades, and I don't think that, that that's just a mere coincidence. Uh, but I, I, would, I would say, too, though, that the Christians out there, you, you look at all of these, the, the disciples of Christ, all of them died brutal, horrible, horrific, torturous deaths for the faith. And, and, and our people can't even stand up to being libeled by hate groups like the Southern Poverty Law Center. We're going to run. We're going to denounce our, our, our brothers. We're going to, uh, to run for cover and duck from these creeps. 
<laughs> we, we we've got we've got to have more men. You've got to have that that the black regiment that we had during the uh, the Revolutionary War. You got to have people that are going to be able to stand up and at least take a, take a, a verbal punch if nothing else. There's 400 years between Noah and Abraham, ladies and gentlemen. You got to understand that, right? So who survived the flood besides the people on the ark with Noah? Yeah. And what about well, those people? Where do they fit in, right? So do you got the 12 yeah. tribes, then you got the other survivors? Is that what you got? Where's their history? <laughs> uh, that's beyond the scope of our discussion today as far as I'm concerned. Uh, uh, not, not really, because either they exist or they don't. And if they don't exist... Well, then they well, don't. We, if they do exist and we don't have history, then we can't talk about them, can we? I, I will tell you this, Sam. Yeah. I, now, this gets a little wonky, but I visited Ken Ham's Noah's Ark experience uh, up in Kentucky. Yes. They have the Creation Museum there, too. Right. 95% of it is fantastic. Uh, it's really good. I would encourage anybody to go there. I took my wife and kids during COVID and uh, because they were still open. We went a couple well, of years ago. That's a racist thing to do. I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> but it was wonderful. Uh, it, it's wonderful how they present the arguments. But when it comes to the topic, do you think of, everybody of, should of, do it or just whites? No, everybody should do it. Uh, but <laughs> oh, I only okay. saw whites there for whatever reason. I only saw whites there. But yeah. they, they they do get a little bit in the weeds with with regards to um, our earthly identities. They actually say to answer your question that all people are one people, and sometimes two white people. Yeah, you got to meet have a Chris. Whatever he's doing. They, they, they actually say that uh, two people Chris can, uh, two white people can have a black child. They actually say that there, and they, they, I think there was one time, and <laughs> I don't, I so I don't know, I, I, I don't know, and I don't know if it matters, because I, I think what we're saying yeah. is what's right for all Americans. Uh, Christianity, Christianity is is a force that has been good for all of mankind. And I know they say, oh, well, they decimated the, the, the Aztec culture. What are you talking about? Some ritualistic, cannibalistic, sacrificial culture? I mean, I, I think that's a good thing. I mean, uh, I, I think that's good. But uh, that, that that was stopped, that the forces yeah, of God could the, stop The reason I like bring that. this up, ladies and gentlemen, is, look, you got to understand your lineage. Uh, and you know what? Our lineage is sons and daughters of Almighty God. Now, who cannot make that claim? In other words, you could say, okay, if you're not a son or daughter of God, what are you? Either a son or a daughter of nothing or a son and daughter of Satan. All right. Look, this is very simple stuff. And the whole point of this is when the Savior returns, we want to prepare a people that will receive him. Those people may be black. Those people may be white. Those people may be, who knows? But we know this, the spreading of the gospel of Jesus Christ is our responsibility, Chris. Yes. It is. And you and I, Sam, we took two years out of our lives to spread that gospel. And other and Christians who, from who, other denominations who, do the same. Who would challenge this that it's our responsibility? And so, you know what, we'll take the uh, abuse that we get as we follow the Savior Jesus Christ. We'll take up his cross. We will follow him through the resurrection, James. And that's really the uh, most important point of all this. All the things that we teach really have a goal of bringing people to God, family, and country to understand who we are and to preserve the best life for ourselves and for our children. That's well, what we're doing and why, James. And it's, it's a sin to fret the attacks of the world. It, it, it is a sin to worry. It is a sin to despair. 
Uh, and so we're, we're, we're not going to do it. Now, I, I, I wish we had uh, more faithful churches. Uh, it's, it's like the Reverend uh, A.Z. Tozer put it, religion today is not transforming people, rather it is being transformed by the people. Uh, it's not raising the moral level of society. It is descending to society's own level and congratulating itself that it has scored a victory because society is smilingly accepting its surrender. And, and I think that's what you've got when you've got churches and in, in, in clergy and men of faith who will cow to the Antichrist organizations like the Southern Poverty Law Center, to put a, to put a name to it. And, uh, the, that, and uh, the divisionary doctrine they perpetuate, right? Yeah, let's not, let's not forget about Christian Zionism. That plays a huge role in what we're discussing. That is the, the poison pill that they've introduced into Christianity some 150 years ago that has metastasized into this great cancer that says, don't worry about being righteous. You're going to be, um, you're going to be uh, raptured. Sorry, I couldn't think of the word. And all these other uh, devious, preposterous doctrines that in order to get to heaven, you have to serve the interests of the Jews because they're God's covenant people and the Jews don't need baptism because they're saved under their, the original law of Moses. And all of these uh, ridiculous doctrines that they're trying to um, perpetuate through Christianity, of which members of my family have uh, accepted hook, line, and sinker. And that's what started this whole discussion about this whole research project that I undertook about, you know, who we really are and where we've come from. And uh, well, got, you know, I can't go ahead. Well, Chris, if I, if I could just pop in, you, you're right about that. It was introduced about that time ago. It's only really caught on in the, in the last, you know, 50 or so years, maybe not even that long. Uh, but, but it has, it has become a big problem so much now to the point where, not only do other people have a different deal with God, they don't have to accept Christ, they can actually be anti-Christian and, and have a better chance at going into heaven than you do, uh, but any criticism now of the state of Israel, or if you publicly disagree with the person who happens to be Jewish, now I've interviewed lots of Jewish people, and that I get along with famously, uh, in fact, Paul Gottfried, uh, who is a professor uh, wrote an endorsement for my book, which is in the, uh, the, the cover of the book. Every book I've ever sent out has his endorsement. He's a great guy. But Same with that Daniel, if you disagree, uh, what's his name? Well, we, we, yeah, there's been a lot, but uh, the, but the, any disagreement that you have with a Jewish person qualifies you as an anti-Semite or a neo-Nazi or all of this, and, and and then people just run for cover. I mean, it's just I'm glad that Christ Himself and and His original apostles, who were charged with the responsibility of spreading this to the world, had a little bit more courage than, than, than modern day Christians, or there would have been no hope for any of us. Yeah. Yeah, but it has infected, as you said, James, it has affected Christianity to the point where a lot of Christians don't want to go to church because they feel as if they're being fed propaganda rather than doctrine. And they are. Uh, the tribe of Judah has infiltrated the Christian churches today, and uh, we need to recognize that. We don't have to serve anybody but Jesus Christ and God and his children, and we need to treat them equally. Nobody's better than any other. You know, no, nobody's saved by any other doctrine but the doctrine of Christ. The, the law of Moses is the law of dead works. That never saved anybody. It was to, to direct forward the minds and the hearts of the children of Israel to the time when a true Savior would come and do away with animal sacrifice. Yet today, they're literally Christian leaders like John Hagee and um, Kenneth Copeland and um, 
and other evangelical Christian leaders that literally tell Christians, don't worry about, don't try to baptize the Jews. They're saved under their original covenant that they entered into under the law of Moses, which is abject blasphemy. And and, and now it's just gotten so ridiculous and preposterous. This cancer has metastasized, you know the word, metastasized to such a point now that you you have priestesses and you (laughs) serving as clergy and and, and homosexuals and and, everything else. It's like my pastor always used to say, not every building with a steeple is a church, and you're right about the exodus that so many Christians have had from these churches, and there are still faithful churches and congregations to be sure, but so many of them now have basically become like MSNBC at prayer. I mean, you can get the Amen. same sort of message by watching, <laughs> by watching MSNBC. They, add, they, they might add a hymn and, no and a prayer, but it's basically the MSNBC program. Well, what we need to do is bring black or bring back the black-robed regiment, ladies and gentlemen. Nothing to do with race here for a second. It had to do with pastors standing in the pulpit on fire, aflame with righteousness, teaching the people about God, family, and country, teaching people that Christ will return, preparing a people to be free, liberty-loving people to await the Savior's return, the author of our liberty, to realize that the cross matters that the sacrifice was complete, the resurrection is real, and therefore we shall have that as well. And those who choose Christ and follow him will be blessed and will be uh, rewarded and protected. Those who do not are on their own. That is the quintessential doctrinal point that we're making here. And there's nothing wrong with me being white. Why? Because God made me white. That's why. Am I okay with that? Yes, I am. If you're okay with that, great. If you're not, I'm sorry to say you have the right to your own opinion. But I'm okay with it. And I will not apologize for it. And I'm grateful for how God made each one of us. And I'm grateful that I can do my best to celebrate my heritage. I would encourage everyone to do the same. And I'm going to do my best and spend my time uh, in missionary work, preparing the people to receive Jesus Christ when he comes again. And that includes the Jews. Maybe they can repent and change and be prepared to receive Jesus Christ the second time and realize that Christ is the Savior of the world. Jews, Gentiles, black, whites, uh, you name it, Asians, everyone. This is a message. This is the faith that they need to come to. Roger that. I testify Christ lives. He did die on the cross, and he was resurrected and lives today, and he invites all men to repent and be baptized and come unto him, ladies and gentlemen. There you have it. I just thought we'd break it down in no uncertain terms. Hour one in the can. Taking on the Southern Poverty Law Center in hour two. Coming up straight ahead, Sam Bushman, Chris Carlson, James Edwards. If you want to check out James's incredible work, thepoliticalcesspool.org. That's right, thepoliticalcesspool.org. I am Sam Bushman, and we declare God save the republic of the United States of America. Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show.
All right. Wow. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman on your radio. I don't know what the heck. <clears throat> I was just talking and I was fine a second ago. <laughs> Welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live. It's a two-hour special broadcast. James Edwards, thepoliticalcesspool.org. Chris Carlson and Sam Bushman breaking it down for you. Last hour we talked about, in the Bible it was important for people to show that they were descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Why? Because they would be known as the covenant people. The fact is we're covenant people, ladies and gentlemen. The birthright goes to Joseph, one of the other tribes, not Judah, Joseph, who had a birthright blessing executed by Abraham through the loins of Ephraim, right? Yeah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Jacob gave the blessing to Joseph. Yeah, there you have it. We need to understand who are the descendants of Joseph today. Chris's claim, and I agree with this claim, that we are. Can the tribe of Joseph, with all of its rich blessings, prosperity, and be the Western countries, Europe, etc.? Interesting proposal, to say the least. But wouldn't it unify Christians if we realized who we really are? We're God's children, and we're all on this earth if we understand who we are, to point to Christ, to follow Christ, to prepare to meet Christ, to live with him again. Isn't that the ultimate goal? Well, I bring that up because the Southern Poverty Law Center wants to call me a racist. And I literally say that we're all God's children and we should behave like it. James Edwards, as we rounded out the last hour, said that everyone should come to Christ. He included everybody. Even SBLC reporters. Even even, SBLC reporters. Those Southern Poverty Law Center (laughs) reporters? No, those guys. So the headline for this hour, ladies and gentlemen, is called this. Sam Bushman takes on three thugs. Jason Wilson. Chuck Tanner, and Isaac Stone Simonelli. What am I talking about? Well, let's do it here, ladies and gentlemen, shall we? Uh, There's a headline written by the Southern Poverty Law Center, uh, this Jason Wilson guy right now about me, and here's what it says. Constitutional Sheriff's Chief runs online radio station featuring white supremacists, Jason Wilson, Southern Poverty Law Center. Now, the problem that I have with his article is every bit of it is a misrepresentation, slanted lie. Now, that's an opinion to which I'm entitled. He's entitled to his opinion. He can write what he wants. I get it. But I can also fire back to the best of my ability with the truth, okay? And the reason that I'm taking on Isaac Simonelli is he works for this Arizona group. Chuck Tanner works for another group. Jason Wilson works for another group, and they all, on one hand, want you to believe that I'm a nobody, that I'm just not important, that my talk radio shows and all that I do is just so tiny, it doesn't matter a hill of beans. But then for some reason, they're all laser-like focused on me, as if I'm more important than the Donald himself. Right? Well, that's the problem with the debate, is they cannot have it both ways. But they lie in all that they do, ladies and gentlemen. And let me give you an example about size and scope. Jason's Twitter feed is tiny. James, can you pull up Jason's Twitter feed really quick for a second? Um, Because I want you to highlight for a second. He's created some uh, tweets about me that I find very fascinating. 
I want you to read those tweets, then I want you to tell me how many people tweeted them, followed them, retweeted them, whatever, okay? All right, so he's got 30,000 followers. Okay. Uh, and uh, he has a tweet here that said, that reads, Sam Bushman replaced Sheriff Richard Mack, but the word sheriff is in quotations as if Richard Mack was never a sheriff. I don't know if people know this, but <laughs> if you are no longer the president, you still get called the president. If you're a medical doctor, you retired, you still get called doctor. Uh, so, but sheriff is in quotations here because I guess. That's yeah, and not. by the way, that's the same with sheriffs, though. Law people are that way as well. Yeah, of, very course, similar, of course, and it's identical. of course. Come on. So he kind of mocks that if it's not true, but it's true. So much so that he was sheriff when he beat Bill Clinton to the Supreme Court. Let's be very clear. Anyways, the only sheriff, al- along with the other sheriffs that were alongside him, to do so in history, by the way. So there you go. This is how dishonest they are. But it just right, reads, Sam Bushman replaced Sheriff, quote-unquote, Richard Mack, a CEO of the CSPOA in November, but he's still running an online radio station that broadcasts white nationalist extreme- extremists. And that got retweeted uh, 57 times with 56 likes and two comments, okay, now, one on. of which was his. <laughs> hold on. So think about that. He only got two comments. One of them was his own. Only 57 retweets and 56 likes? Out of his 30,000 <laughs> followers, well, you know what? 29,940 plus seem to think that it's not as relevant, relevant as he thinks, huh? Wow. Well, there's a lot of reasons for that. I think, number one, this isn't even an original story. The ADL wrote this story two years ago. The SPLC wrote it on March the 2nd of 2022. I just looked well, it up. And this they've been attacking sort of like, me, March the 9th calling me the purveyor of hate radio since I started in 96, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I started before 96, but in 96, I bought a radio station. But anyway, I digress. I just mock his Twitter feed because on one hand, it sounds like he's got a lot of followers. On the other hand, no one seems to care about his tweets. What's the next tweet he, he sends out about me? Oh, I think that, let's see. Mate, you, I didn't know we were doing uh, show and tell. I got to go back this and find is this important, stuff. I try not though. to read hate, uh, hate um, outlets online. Uh, this so is important to understand, though, because his reach is very minimal. I don't know how many 30,000 followers well, he has here's the that thing. are real followers, James. It, it's true, but it's going to get amplified because the well, of course, establishment-controlled media uh, is or mouthpieces for the regime. There's no diversity of opinion there, and if the SPLC writes something, it's going to get amplified. Uh, no but you've got right here, you've got Ibrahim uh, uh, Hooper, who is the national communications director of the Council on American Islamic Relations. Uh, retweeting it and so you're going to have right, people so like stop. that you're going to have stop. establishment so this, hit, outlets the southern part of the last center is going to double up with the muslims to attack <laughs> sam bushman is that what we're talking about well i think the in this case this muslim uh, or, or advocacy organization which by the way is not racist for them to have it which i honestly believe it's not uh, but it is if we if you even have two shows out of the how many shows do you syndicate 20 that talk about issues the SPLC yeah. hates uh, then that that's not fine but you can have this you know whole organizations well funded uh yeah, racial no, but think about what does this islamic group do what are they for then no yeah, they're for their people they're for their faith so the 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 muslims in the the southern part of the Austin are in bed together to attack sam bushman is that what you're saying a white christian uh, wow. I think would be I'm the, pretty important if the Muslims are going to jump aboard, too. Now i got half the world against me, right? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Interesting. All right, what's the next tweet this joker comes up with? Uh, that's it. That's all he's done. Now, it's been no, retweeted one, a couple There's of... one tweet that says something about Sam Bush was the most interesting or weirdest. Oh, oh yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Okay, life, all right. right. You got, look, I told you I don't like going to hate accounts on Twitter, but let me go back and find him one last time. Yes, there is. Yeah, that that was this, the reply. Cause... 
That was the reply to his own message. Yeah, that was the I one said, comment of the two. And that's why correct. I'm highlighting it. Is it he commented on his own tweet so that he could tweet again negatively about me. And uh, See, the, 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 re- the reply comment that he made to his own post was, I've had a lot of strange conversations in this line of work, but my chat with Bushman was definitely top five. You're just a strange guy, Sam. You're yeah, you know me. Strange as it gets, I've literally got more time on talk radio than almost anybody alive. That's no joke. You find how many people have more hours on talk radio than Sam Bushman in this world, and they've got to be really, really old. But it's going to be hard to find more people alive that have longer on-air than me. I mean, I, I'm literally like the LeBron James of talk radio. No one's got more <laughs> hours at points than me, okay? Now, you can find a couple of people, but I'm, I'm certainly top five. But, man, I, I want to know um, this joker, this C- CSPOA thug, I want to know, Jason, who beats me out of the top five? Because what I'd really like to do in the, in the uh, <laughs> efforts of good radio is I'd like to see if we could get all five of us, weirdest people on the planet, and you on the radio together. Wouldn't that be the most interesting well, you know, that's you've the ever thing had in your entire life? That, uh... They're not mentioning uh, the, the the black Americans that you syndicate. They're not mentioning any of that. They're also not mentioning that you would put them on. Uh, you you would well, have them minute. on. I you... invited him on the radio and he refused, but he never mentions that in the article at all. Well, I got a lot right. to say about that when we get there. So, how many likes did he get on his tweet then, and that I'm the, one of the top five weirdest people he's ever known? Okay, hang on, I got you. How, how many did he get for that? How how liked was that? That's four See, I think retweets. That I'm get my, my four? That's f- and 15 likes. Four retweets and 15 likes. So only four people decided that was important enough to resend out out of his 30,000 followers. <laughs> How many of his followers are bots, James? Uh, I'd like to know. Now, he did also Why don't you include call in your buddy and ask him. <laughs> he did include in that uh, comment about you being strange a screenshot from the article uh, that highlights the fact that you repeatedly claimed that the SPLC listed extremist James Edwards was not a white supremacist and is a good guy. Uh, All right, so now, that's what I'm going to double down on that claim again, though. Look, the Southern Private Law Center's lied about so many people is not even funny. And I maintain that James is a great guy. Not a good guy. Well, he's a good guy, too. But I think he's a great guy. And I would challenge the Southern Poverty Law Center, and this is one of the things in the interview. I spent, he says, 90 minutes. I spent that with him uh, on the phone, and I said to him, I challenge you to find me one area in which you can demonstrate to me that James Edwards is a white supremacist. And he couldn't do it. So then I said, so you're claiming he's not a white supremacist, right? And he said, well, I'm not saying that. And I said, well, then you show me where he is. Well, you, know, you know what's funny it. about that, Sam? Yeah. If, I, if I could have just a point of personal privilege here, <clears throat> this guy's never talked to me at the SPLC. I, I won't talk to them, but <clears throat> they don't know me. I doubt they've even listened to the show. I really question whether or not they even believe what they write. They are a far left-wing radical fundraising organization that has a narrative and has an agenda. Uh, but the two people who do know me best outside of my own father, the two men who I would say probably know me best would be you, a man that I talk with and talk to and text and email with every week, and my pastor, the man who I've known since birth, who led me to Christ, who introduced me to my wife, who has been by my side for my entire life. Um, and, you know, they, the SPLC went after him, too. And and uh, it, he wouldn't talk to him. He wouldn't answer the question. He says, James is a great guy. James isn't these things that you're saying. So the two men who know me best have an opinion. SPLC has an opinion. Um, 
But I don't even know if it is their opinion because there is no truth in them, Sam. We'll get to that in a moment. Well, they're so dishonest. I don't know what their opinions really are. Because, ladies and gentlemen, you got to understand this. Understand this clearly. They are not willing to tell you the truth. Okay? First off, I invited him on the radio. He refuses to come. So he wants his discussions only when he can write the narrative. And that narrative, you know, debatedly can be challenged. But I would submit to you that I invited him on the radio. I also talked to him about the fact that I have all kinds of people on the radio. I have black talk show hosts, Jesse Lee Peterson, C.L. Bryant. Both of them have been attacked by the Southern Poverty Law Center, but they're black. So how am I promoting white supremacy when I've given quadruple the time to blacks than I do these, quote, white shows? So that will highlight as we get into the interview but or the discussion. Here's some of the lines from this dishonest article. Sam Bushman, the CEO of the anti-government Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association, CSPOA. Now, how is the CSPOA anti-government? And this is, again, one of the challenges that I made to this clown when we are uh, discussing. Look, the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association, our whole purpose is to educate sheriffs to their oath of office, to the supreme law of our land, and to help them understand due process of law, de-escalation training, checks and balances, the oath of office, all with fidelity to the supreme law of the land. The founder of our organization worked is as a policeman, police officer, and sheriff for 20 years. He worked for the government for 20 years. And then when the government wronged him, he went to the Supreme Court for a redress of grievance and won. Now, you demonstrate to me, and I said this to this clown, Jason, you demonstrate to me how that is anti-government. I have spent my whole lifetime adult career teaching and educating about the Constitution. I've been studying the Constitution and teaching it for 25 plus years. And so I said, you know what? I, by virtue of reality, am a constitutional scholar. And uh, how are we anti-government? Well, then all he does in the article is say, Sam is a self-described constitutional scholar. Well, in any other realm in the world, if you teach something for 25 plus years, I mean, you have the equivalent in life experience of a doctorate, right? Yeah. So how are you going to say that I, okay, that I'm just a self-described or described scholar? That whole charge is bogus and dishonest. Now, some might debate if I'm a scholar of the Constitution, but what makes someone a scholar? A collegiate degree? The Southern Poverty Law Center, Right. All right, then they say that I spend my time defending white nationalist broadcasts on my online radio station called Liberty News Radio. All right, and they say I defended that during a meandering conversation with Hate Watch. Wow. So my response to that is this. It was a meandering conversation for a bunch of reasons. One... If you look at his article, it's probably the most meandering article I've ever seen in my life. He tries to name and go through the channel of defaming everybody that he possibly can. Going through so <laughs> many subjects, I can't even keep track. If you want to talk about meandering, this guy's a nut job. That's called a screen. This guy's a, this guy's a whack job. But the reason we meandered is because he asked so many random questions. He started out saying, hey, do you syndicate uh, Eddie Miller's program? I said, yes. 
do you uh it, it's on your schedule how come you syndicate that and at first i said it wasn't on my schedule and i'll tell you why i said that but this is where he's dishonest and doesn't clarify i very i at first said i didn't have it on my schedule it's not on my network and the reason why i said that is because yesterday i was live on my network for the live times um but then i i don't host his archives he hosts those archives himself and so i was a little bit mixed up in his question versus what my answer was the answer is i'm not distancing myself from eddie miller but when i said that i didn't have it on my schedule i i was a little bit confused um because i don't host his archives and that's really what i kind of meant and so I'm sorry for the confusion of that, but he makes it sound like I'm, I'm not willing to admit it. Well, that's a lie. So he says, ask about Blood River Radio, um, who su- su- discusses the false conspiracy of white genocide. Okay, well, it isn't a false conspiracy of genocide. In South Africa, it is widely known, it is confirmed fact through all news agencies around the world, that there is white genocide. That is not debatable. Now, whether you agree with Eddie on the points or not, I don't agree with Eddie on everything. Sam, I've, but I've you know got what? to say this. That is I've factual, got to, James. i got one comment to make that has to be inserted right here, and I uh, apologize for the interruption. But for the SBLC to claim that there is no such thing as, you can call it genocide if you so choose, a decline in uh, of, of the white population in their ancestral homelands, the SBLC's own Mark Potok uh, who was uh, one of their former leaders before they all kind of got ushered out in disgrace, he had a chart in his office uh, that tracked the declining white population with the star next to the projected year of white minority status. And that appeared in a very uh, prominent documentary uh, that you know was, of course, promoting the SBLC and their agenda, but that appeared on Netflix. So they, they are tracking this and notice the decline. How can you say that there's not a, a, a replacement going on or that it's a conspiracy theory? It's just utter bunk. Well, and, and they're losing credibility every time they do that. That's why 20-plus attorney state generals uh, have literally uh, declared in a joint letter saying the Southern Poverty Law Center has lost all credibility. But then they go on and say, Bushman claims his purpose is free speech. He said he believes in faith, family, and free speech. That's right. I do. But I don't know if you could call that just a claim of mine. I've been demonstrating that for 25-plus years. What do you mean I claim it? It's reality now, SPLC. But see, you use these words like he claims this, claims that, because it makes me sound fringe in everything I claim, right? Well, it makes if, you sound dishonest, as if you're, you're claiming this, or they put the things you said in quotations like, oh, yeah, right, wink, wink. Right. They say, does free speech compel you on your own radio station to promote white nationalist extremists they say or even to occasionally host them on your own programs and then they say sam had various justifications this is where it's dishonest again they say at one point in the conversation bushman said that's how dialogue happens and claimed through dialogue i can persuade people away from extremist politics and then I talked about uh, all kinds of things that I believe that I can, the form of ideas, the genius of America is vital. We can have open discussions with people we disagree with. We can agree to disagree agreeably. We can be kind and respectful and entertain other ideas that we don't believe in. And we can eventually try to encourage people to believe in our way of thinking. And I highlighted that. And that's why I said, so yes, you know what? I got these shows on the radio, but it's under the free speech banner. And I invite you, Jason, to come on the radio under the free speech banner, even though I completely disagree with you. But I hope to eventually 
educate you to my way of thinking. He, of course, wouldn't come on the radio. But when you look at that, I've got four times the number of hours of black hosts than I do these white, whatever hosts he wants to claim, who advocate for the right race. I think they both have everything, every right to say what they want to say. And Blacks by the and way, whites, I, I, right? I would imagine that uh, we, these the so-called, you know, this is all libel, of course, but you know, white supremacist, and I'll touch on this in a moment, uh, we agree almost with everything that these black gentlemen are saying on this particular network. Well, that's here nor there. These black people have the right to their opinion, too, and that's my whole point. It isn't a black and white issue. Nevertheless, I offered a comparison between my inclusion. He said that this in the article, though, and here's the way they wordsmith and lie. Uh, they say he, meaning Sam Bushman, offered a comparison between his inclusion of extremists on his shows. See, I don't agree. I never said they were extremists. That's where he makes it sound like I even agree that they're extremists. I don't. I think the Southern Poverty Law Center is extremist. But then I compared it to former talk show host Phil Henry, who uh, was basically, he was the interviewer and the interviewee. And he'd make up voices and he'd interview himself. And he'd bring interesting topics to the table. And I compared a lot of the talk radio out there in the world to that. Not that we're fake, but that it creates entertaining radio to discuss these controversial issues so i am seeking intriguing political conversations he says then by platforming white nationalists i disagree i never said by platforming white nationalists i am platforming everybody with interesting conversations including jason but he lies and makes it seem like that's not the, the case bushman steadfastly refused to say whether his station earns money on advertising during those programs. Yeah, I said the information was private and contractual. And I'm not going to reveal contractual private company agreements to Jason. And then I gave him the example. I said, why don't you go ahead and get old Glenn Beck or Sean Hannity or uh, Tucker Carlson or one of those guys and see if they'll give you the details of their internal contract with their network. And they won't give you that either. So he makes it seem like I refuse to do this as if I'm wrong somehow. But that's standard in the industry. Okay, you don't give people the internal contracts. You don't give people how much you get paid for certain things. You don't. Okay, they always say at the end of a new contract negotiation with a big host, and the details of the contract are not at liberty to disclose. Okay, but he makes it sound like I am refusing. So I send him on an errand during the interview to go ahead and get Tucker Carlson's contract and share it with me, and he promised me he would. Do you think he's honorable and he'll do it? I doubt it. <laughs> then they say in asking me. Oh, in the face, they ask me over and over, repeat questions on the matter. How much do you make? Do you make money from this? Why would you profit from white supremacy? Well, I profit from radio, ladies and gentlemen, and I'd profit if Jason came on the radio and we had an interesting conversation. My network would grow. Does that make me guilty if I put Jason on the radio? I don't think so. So then I asked him, how much does the SCL, SPLC pay you? He refused to answer. I submit yeah. to you for the same reason, James. <laughs> But see, he kind of leaves that out but mocks me for asking how much he gets paid. But he's asking how much I get paid, right? I have got so much to say about this and so much experience with this discredited organization over the 19 years I've been on the air. Please let me take it from the top. I know we're coming up yeah, then, on a break. Then he if, says this. Bushman also unpredictably moved to unrelated topics during the conversation. I disagree with that. I think they're all relevant topics to make the points that I'm making. He just doesn't see the connection because he's too ignorant. Let me give you a quick example. 
One of the topics I mentioned was, I believe that evil people run the world. Hint, hint, Southern Poverty Law Center. Quick pause. Back in seconds. Listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Lance Pry. Nearly two years ago, a California parole board voted to free Robert F. Kennedy's assassin, but the decision was later overturned by the governor. Sirhan Sirhan will once again appear before the board today at a hearing at a federal prison in San Diego, California, and asked to be let out. Even if the board rules that Sirhan can be released for a second time, his lawyer, Angela Berry, said she doesn't expect it to change Governor Gavin Newsom's mind because of Newsom's affinity for R.F. Kennedy, who the Democrat governor calls his own political hero. A Pennsylvania court has unsealed the search warrant in the Idaho student's murder case, which led to the arrest of suspect Brian Koberger at his parents' home in Pennsylvania seven weeks after the murders. Police seized a number of new items at the home, including medical-style gloves, a black sweatshirt, size 13 Nike sneakers. They also took Bacchanal scrub. The owner of the home where the Idaho murders took place donated it to the school and is now boarded up and will be demolished. The people of Chicago, Illinois, have spoken, and Mayor Lori Lightfoot will no longer lead the Windy City. Some of her concession speech last night, the Democrat mayor and spoke directly to young people of color who look like me and to every kid who felt like I did um, when I grew up. And I'm going to do that again tonight. I told you back then that anything is possible with hard work. And I want you to know that no matter what happens along the way, you should always believe that because it's true. Since no one candidate got 50% of the vote, voters will return to the polls for a runoff between the top two vote-getters on April 4th. Paul Vallis and Brandon Johnson will face off in the April mayoral runoff election. This is USA News. If you have certain chronic conditions, such as heart disease, asthma, diabetes, and you're 19 years of age or older, 52, 36, 42, you may be at increased risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, pneumococcal 20-valent conjugate vaccine, a Pfizer vaccine that can help protect against pneumococcal pneumonia in just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. The most commonly reported side effect was pain at the injection site. For additional common side effects and full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. I'm going to ask my doctor about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20. So in this article, I did say that I believe evil people run the world. They would say that's off-topic meandering, but I think it's germane to say the least. 
I have the money changers, I call them, because if he's going to ask me where I get my funding, wow, I barely make a living. These guys have millions, possibly billions in the bank. How much they paid Jason, he would not answer. I don't know why. But then he said, I also offered contradictory positions on race. I condemn and reject slavery. You know that. I've been telling you that for 25 plus years. We're all God's children and we should behave like it. But then he says this, I appeared to qualify this and minimize slavery. And so I compared the slave people of yesteryear who learned to read and write on a plantation. Was that slave owner worse off than a kid who's on the streets of Chicago today? Because the people in the streets of Chicago today are in projects and, and houses like that, right, on the government dole, and they're virtually slaves. They have no, no prayer, no chance. Well, think we about it. Right mayor? at the bottom of the hour, Lori Lightfoot, the mayor of Chicago, she's black. She said, I, in my concession speech for losing, now she's out, thank the heavens, but she said, I spoke to black people who look like me, and I speak for them. And, okay, wait a minute. She's the mayor of a city with all people, not just the black people that look like her. So she makes this racist comment on the bottom of the hour news, and no one blinks an eye. But Sam Bushman, who preaches to all people, and who always have, who says we're all God's children, I'm the racist, you see. Then they say, I falsely claim the first plantation owner was a black woman. What do you mean I falsely claim that, ladies and gentlemen? You go look this up. You go do your homework, Jason, and the rest of you. You listen up, ready? Anna Kingsley is her name. It was the Kingsley Plantation, the oldest plantation in Florida. And Anna was the African wife of plantation owner Zephania Kingsley. And she uh, was at an early age a slave. Then he bought her. Then he married her. Then he had kids with her. And then he made her the matron of his plantation. She ran the plantation while he was gone. And she was a slaveholder. Right? Now... Yeah. She managed the plantation that had the slaves, and she was a slave owner. Now, how am I wrong on this then? You can parse words and say, well, Sam, it wasn't, the, uh, it wasn't owned by them when the first plantation. Look, it's the oldest plantation in Florida, and a fact is a black woman owned slaves and ran the plantation, and I gave you her name. It's called the Kingsley Plantation, and her name is Anna Kingsley. Now, he literally lied when he said that's a false statement james i'm looking it up right now if it took me two seconds i don't know how much a well-funded and well-heeled uh operation well, how like accurate this, am i though <laughs> it looks pretty She's accurate a black to me. woman she was a slave she got bought he married her he freed her and then she became she ran look if you go to that plantation i've been there they tell you the story about how he was always gone and she ran the plantation all right so yeah she was black from Senegal woman. and that jacksonville how Florida. am i not right on this Sam, I'm chomping at the bit. I, I can't even. Right, hold I'm, on. I, I'm, I'm frothing. They also said, I said, do I believe in forced segregation? Absolutely not. But do I believe in forced merging? No, I believe in free association. Now, everybody should believe in that. But then they smear that too and say, that's a rhetorical embrace of free association. That's been a common strategy on the far right. Since the victories of the, uh, you know, forced segregation Da, 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 da. Anyway, it goes on and on. But the point is, again, is this just a rhetorical I believe in free association? How about looking at all the hosts on my radio station and see if I believe in free association? There's not a race card in the mix. Is there, James? 
No, uh, all people should live well and prosper. Everybody should be happy and content and proud of the way God made them. We talked about this in the first hour. If you're ready for me, I've got a few things to say about this. And, and the grand scheme of it all, we'll use this article as a catalyst. I, I think, first of all, this article, this particular one, isn't about me. It's not even about you. It's about the CSPOA. The CSPOA is doing the Lord's work. It's doing a great job. And law enforcement officers have come to this message of patriotism and of uh, proper role in government. And that runs afoul to the SBLC's vision of some sort of a Marxist communist style America. And I think the only statement now for the benefit of anybody who wants to tune in and listen to our retort, this is what this hour is for. But publicly, the only statement that should ever be made is the Southern Poverty Law Center is a radical anti-American left wing fundraising operation. 20 state Attorney General just co-signed a statement declaring them to be utterly discredited and an unreliable source. They should not be taken seriously, and we will continue on with our good work for the benefit of all Americans. That's that's the statement. They want a news bite. They want a sound clip. That's it. No more, no less. You can't take them seriously. Now, I have been – I went back after this one was published, and I went back to the SBLC archive, and I put in the search query, James Edwards, political cesspool. They have written 79 articles that I've been featured in since 2007. That doesn't even include them all because I know the first one came out in 2006 because it was a big national news story. So it only goes back to 2007. 79 articles I've been, uh, 79 times I've been through this with these, with these clowns. And this one was no different than any of the others. It was exactly the same as all the others. In this one article, think about this, ladies and gentlemen, hear me. The terms white nationalist, white supremacist, neo-Nazi, racist, anti-Semite, those five terms appear 43 times. I did a Control-F search for that. 43 times in one article. That is what critical theory is, by the way. This is a Marxist tactic. It is to constantly criticize. The theory is to criticize constant and repetitive criticism. If they call you a racist or a white supremacist enough, and 43 times in, in one article is, is getting there, maybe somebody will believe it. Maybe somebody will be afraid to do business with you or to work with you. Now, I have provided, for the benefit of all, a handy SPLC to English translation. A racist is a white person. A white supremacist is a white person who doesn't hate themselves. Um, a neo-Nazi is, um, you know, a Gentile. I, I, I don't know because they, they claim everybody and everything is that. I don't even know what these words mean anymore. But it's certainly not what you think they mean, not the way they're being applied to the people that they apply them to in this article. So what, what's going on here? You know, I wrote a book about this in 2010, Racism Schmacism, How Liberals Use the R Word, the, the, the purpose, of course is to call people these libelous and slanderous things to make them radioactive and to do one of two things, to either get them to spin their wheels debating or denying that they are or are not these things so they get knocked off track of doing the work that they should be doing, or to, again, make people hesitant to work with them. Uh, but it's interesting here, the degrees of separation that are in play. So let's just say there's a law enforcement officer who is involved with the CSPOA. Uh, which Sam Bushman is involved with. Now, I know Sam, and on my show, I interview people. The SPLC wants law enforcement officers who are four degrees separated from somebody that I might interview. And by the way, I, I am not associated or affiliated with the CSPOA at all, just because I know Sam. This is, this is sort of McCarthyism, or an extreme version of it. I love the work that the CSPOA does. I wish them nothing but the best, but I, I don't play a role. I'm not, you know, for a law enforcement officer to have to, 
respond to something a guest of my program said that's utterly ridiculous. And let's talk about some of the guests they mentioned. They mentioned white nationalist Peter Brimelow. Well, some of these names might not be familiar to you. Peter Brimelow is the former editor of Forbes magazine. White nationalist Steve King. Steve King, the former congressman. Steve King, who was in Congress for, what, 20 years? Been on our show a few times. Love the guy. Neo-Nazi Harry Cooper. Now, you won't know the name Harry Cooper, almost certainly. Harry Cooper is an 84-year-old retired veteran of the United States Armed Forces. He served honorably uh, for our armed forces. And he founded an organization whose mission was to bring together old enemies and foster peace and understanding between them, namely the combatants in World War II. World War II vets on our side and on the other side. And... Because he does that, and he has these people together, and they become friends. They say he's a neo-Nazi because, of course, if you fought for Germany, you'd be a Nazi. That's to say, if you fought for um, America in any war, you're either a Republican or a Democrat, depending on who's in control of the government at that time. Utterly ridiculous. Ronald Reagan gave this organization a commendation, and so, too, did Admiral Frank Kelso, who was the former chief Navy officer of the United States Navy. You know what he said about this organization? that he finds uh, the stories of this organization and recommends them, of, of great interest, and recommends them. And it should be remembered that the life of Britain and Germany depended on the outcome of, of that war. The book reveals how uh, the war took place scene by scene. We're talking about one of the books Harry Cooper wrote. And he commends, this is the former Admiral Frank Kelso, Chief Naval Officer of the United States Navy, saying he recommends this book and that the courage and bravery of the men who participated on both sides should be remembered. But the SPLC doesn't mention any of that. They say neo-Nazi Harry Cooper. And there's dozens of others. None of the things that people say uh, that are said about these people are true. Now, I talk to interesting people who have been canceled or shut out by the establishment media. You know who else talks to the same people that are listening to this article? The establishment media. The SPLC. They've interviewed them all, too. It's okay when they do it, though. They didn't mention CNN. You know, they didn't mention Jared Taylor has been a guest on CNN or that I have. They didn't this guy didn't even know it. He didn't even know the, or, the SPLC's own uh, uh, record of, of my work. 79 articles, it was there. No mention of Pat Buchanan coming on the show. Only people that they think are obscure enough, maybe, uh, that they can sell the fact that you know they can get away with calling them these slurs. No mention of and the Jewish only, guests. And only enough where they can literally slander, because you've had all kinds of other guests on that have nothing to do with those things, and so have I, and that is the point. They say Liberty News Radio earning from extremism. And then they say Liberty News Radio is Sam Bushman's most recent foray into radio. What are you talking about? It was formed in 2009, buddy. 2009 to 19 <laughs> to 23. It's literally like 24 years on the air. Is that a most recent foray into radio? I think not. I've been in radio for a long time. I don't know how old this clown is. But you ought to look up and see if you can figure out how old this guy is. Uh, but anyway, on the about page of Liberty News Radio, Bushman claims to have been first attracted to talk radio about 25 years ago. What do you mean I claim that? That's factual. That's when I got into radio. But then they go into this. On the same page, Bushman says that he operated a now silent station. Well, this is dishonest again. I operated the station from 96 to 06. All right, that's true. But now silent? I haven't had the station for like 20 years. Well, 17 years. So I don't understand what it not be, or it being silent has to do with me. But see, he wants you to believe that I've failed is what he's trying to get across. Dishonest again. Then he says, Federal Communications Commission, commissioners do not indicate when Bushman took control of KNK. That's a lie, too. Look, the FCC has records of when you buy and sell all radio stations. 
Don't tell me that they don't have that information. You just didn't do the do the research. You're derelict in your duty. LNR appears to operate on the same principles as terrestrial right-wing talk radio stations running paid ads against its propaganda. Anyway, then they say in this discussion with Hate Watch, they love to just keep repeating hate. But anyway, Bushman claimed that not all the ads are paid for and that I run free ads for the church. Okay? Now, then I claim that this barter, the way I get these commercials, it's just a claim. Anyway, the bottom line is that's all bogus. It's uh, Look, I don't make these claims. It's factual. You go talk to the news services. They all deliver their news on barter contracts. I, I've got Half the commercials that you hear on this broadcast are not even mine. I don't get paid a penny for them. But he suggests that I'm lying about that somehow, James. Yeah, I'm about to get to that, Sam, and I'll wrap up as quickly as I can. But I just wanted to mention there's, there's not a full picture presented by this article, which is what you would expect from the SPLC. But no mention of the Jewish guest, the black guest, the Hispanic guest that I've hosted and that I've gotten along great with wonderfully. As a matter of fact, I mentioned in the first hour Paul Gottfried, who's a Jewish professor of humanities at Elizabethtown College in Pennsylvania, retired now. But uh, he wrote an endorsement for my book that it goes on the back cover of every book I've sent out. Wonderful Jewish guy. So this article is flawed and biased from the start. This isn't journalism, of course. This isn't reporting. It's a libelous smear that was published for one reason or one reason alone. They are concerned about the CSPOA. They don't want elected officials who stand for God, family, and country to take seriously their oaths of office and to stand with others who do. They don't want patriots who will stand up and advance ideas that are right for all Americans. Uh, and they're unable to defend their position, so they seek to shut down debate. Now, the, the, the search engines are skewed, and, and they know that this dishonest trash will come back high in the returns when people attempt to get more information about CSPOA. They want the controlled press to attempt to frighten these sheriffs and peace officers away from the outstanding organization that Sheriff Mack has put together. Um, but it's more than that. I mean, that's, that's the reason this article came out. But you mentioned things that are just factually untrue. And these are small things, but if they can't even get this right, how much more are they wrong about? He mentions in the article that my show started in 2005. It started in 2004. Uh, it's on the masthead of my website, 2004 to 2023. It says we're on WQRM radio in Memphis. It's actually WMQM. It says that another organization was started in Georgia, the Abbeville Institute. It was, it's actually in South Carolina, and it's always been in South Carolina. Now you say that's nitpicking. Well, is it? I mean, these are pretty basic facts here that a student working on a high school newspaper would be expected to get right. Now, if they're wrong about that, are they wrong about other things? They say that Jerry <laughs> Falwell is a white nationalist, that the Posse Comitatus Act is white supremacist and anti-Semitic. I'm telling you, there's no truth in this organization and anybody from this organization that I've ever had any dealings with. I said earlier, I don't even know if they even believe it. I think they're just so hell-bent to advance their narrative and to take down well, people Well, Jason gets can. a lot of money. How much money does Jason get to perpetuate his slanderous agenda? See, he well, this wouldn't is what answer I that, but he mocks me for not answering how much I get paid, right? And, and I said this. I, you can't deal with them. I appreciate your efforts, Sam. I know how you like to toy with, with, with the media. But I, I said one statement very simply. I'm not going to get into all this name-calling. Everybody I've ever talked to is a white supremacist, white nationalist, neo-Nazi. I got it. I got it. I know you think that. Or you pretend to think that. I just said I'm very proud of my program and the fine men with whom we associate. I will never apologize for associating with people that the SPLC hates. And that's the thing about it. There's projection going on here. They hate. I don't think we do. I know we do. don't. 
They do. And I'm not going to disavow any of my friends. That's what they want. They want to separate us from each other. They want to weaken our collaborative efforts. They want to weaken the CSPOA. They want to weaken any organization that doesn't go along with this woke agenda. And, and of course, as you mentioned, they inferred that, that you were being dishonest with them. This imputation of dishonesty is a standard tactic for the SPLC. But this is going to be a you know, former Croatian diplomat commented on this story today, saying that the SPLC is the master of newspeak and the crypto-Bolshevik narrative. Friend of mine. It's going to be an interesting case study. 19 years ago when I first went on the air, uh, this, an article like this, and I've been through this 79 times, never backed down, never apologized, never retreated, never backed away from my position. I am pro-white, by the way. I, I don't equate that with white supremacy or anything else. Uh, they use white nationalism. Yeah, um, and it's because you're white. We, I assume black I, people should be pro, pro-black, too. Well, you way. just heard Laurie Lightfoot. Yeah, I mean, they use white nationalists and white supremacists uh, interchangeably. But anyway, when I first went on the air, an article like this, goodbye, guys, you know, shaking the boots. I, I never did me. But th- and that power may still exist to a lesser extent, but it's not nearly as potent post-Trump. So here's the thing, and this is my last word on it. After Trump came out in 15 and 16, he was so lambasted by being called a white supremacist, everything they call us, neo-Nazi, blah, 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 every single day. And um, and everything else has now become that, too. They've gone so far now, everything up to and including Jerry Falwell, the Posse Comitatus Act. I mean, everything and anything is, are, are these things now. So we're going to see. It's going to be an interesting case study. We're going to see if people will allow this group that has been rightly denounced by 20 state attorneys general as utterly discredited and unreliable uh, to run them off of their positions. And again, this isn't even a scoop. But this whole thing isn't a scoop. It's hardly original. ADL wrote the story a year or two ago. SPLC wrote the similar story on March 9, 2022. They're trying to really ratchet this up and get the media to cover it. It's almost like they're writing a horror movie. Uh, they, they, they so disfigured you, Sam, on the um, uh, picture that they used that you, you look sort of like, like a zombie. It, it, it's uh, like gray skin and, and you know, like, uh, like they're writing a horror movie. And, and, and by the way, I got to say again, if you go to the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association's uh, hit piece at the SPLC, not this one, but their organizational uh, entry there, I am listed as an associated extremist affiliated with it. I, I because I know Sam Bush, but I mean, they're just it's lies. It's well, libelous. And that's the problem. So they then in the article go and they literally uh, say that I'm lying about advertising. Then they go into every business that I'm involved in in some way or another. And they try to slander it. I'll give you an example. They even go so far as to say, hey, Sam Bushman is associated with a group called Stick To It Charge or Stick To It Kids. It turns out it was my wife's venture. She created a blog on raising children, and some homeschool people picked up on it and everything else. They even bring that into the mix and attack my wife, who doesn't have a political bone in her body. And then they try to attack all my businesses. Sam claims that he's got software that works for audio over IP. Oh, yeah, I've sold it to over 300-plus radio stations. Don't tell me I claim it. Uh, come on now. Um, then they talk about our websites and my businesses in IT. Um, and then they try to attack all the vendors that I have. So I sell up what's called a barracks box, and I, I buy it from resellers, and then I add software to it or I, I um, and reinstall um, the software on it, and then I send them out. And so then they tried to attack that vendor. Well, the vendor, when got... They, they literally went to the vendor and tried to beg them to trash me, and the vendor just didn't even respond. Um, it's unclear how much income Bushman derives from these businesses or what, if any, salary he draws from the CSPOA. There's little transparency in the CSPOA's operations. Yeah, Hate Watch couldn't get any more information out of Bushman. For now, Bushman remains the head of everything. 
and he's basically a white supremacist. All right, now, I want to finish this comment by saying this. How much does Jason make? And how transparent is the Southern Poverty Law Center, ladies and gentlemen? Um, you know what? I don't make a lot of money. Uh, when I bought my house, it cost $150,000. Now it's probably worth a half a million dollars. Not because I'm really wealthy, but because uh, real estate has gone up so much since I've lived here for more than 20 years. I am not rich. I have eight children to support. Uh, we don't make a lot of money. And I actually fund talk radio. I spend more money on talk radio than I bring in. Well, Sam, why didn't you just tell the guy that? Because I don't want to. But I'll tell all of you that. And if he wants to listen to the show, he can find that out. I spend more money on talk radio than I bring in. And I can prove it in about two seconds if necessary. But see, why do I need to prove that to him? So I don't know if Bushman makes money. So the Southern Poverty Law Center can't figure that out. Well, I've already told everybody for years that I spend more money on talk radio than I make. I make my living in IT. I've said that a gazillion times. But he's too ignorant to figure that out. Chris, the rest of the program is yours for your commentary. <laughs> well, those are hard commentaries to follow up on, but I'll do my best, gentlemen. <clears throat> so I'm going to try to personalize this discussion a little bit. So I, I'm coming uh, to this discussion from an angle of both sides. See, I used to be one of those brain numbed robots who just believed anything that the media spewed. I'll give you one specific example of that. What was it, 1993, when the FBI and the Department of Justice under Janet Reno had surrounded the Waco compound down in Waco, Texas, with that horrible, uh, mean-spirited, Christian, uh, white supremacist uh, David Koresh. Remember that whole incident? Well, I had not yet been through uh, that, the paradigm shift, which I've since gone through and realized that the government is actually a greater enemy than it is a friend. And I, I thought that, boy, if, if the FBI and if the Department of Justice and the BATF is surrounding that compound, boy, those people must be doing something really horrible. And I was caught up in the propaganda of the media. So I can kind of relate to people who do get caught up and basically believe that where there's smoke, there's fire. In other words, this individual we're talking about, Jason Wilson, you know, and it's a numbers game, by the way. He throws out if, if he figures that if he throws out the words white supremacist, anti-government, KKK, white supremacist enough, that eventually people are going to come to the conclusion. Well, whether it's this James Edward guy, uh, they they must. There's there's got to be something to these these reports by Jason Wilson because they're associated with so many of these obviously hate organizations. And it is a numbers game. And I, I can honestly tell you that I was caught up in that. But, you know, I've gone through the, the uh, process, of, of course, of realizing that uh, the media is more lies than, than truth. But let me focus in on one little thing. And I, I don't know if I, how much time we've got here. You made the statement. Uh, in, You've got they, three they minutes. Use this, you, they use this statement against you, Sam. Uh, Jason Wilson says, by asking rhetorically if a slave who learned to read and write on a plantation was worse off than a kid who was on the streets in Chicago, assuming that most people would say, of course not, you know, slavery was so much worse. But I question that. I think you made a very good point in that statement, Sam, because there are, in fact, two forms of slavery. There's involuntary slavery, which was practiced, unfortunately, in the Deep South uh, up until 1861. And I regret, as a, as a citizen of this country, that we have that um, that black spot on our history. Okay, and I hope you're not offended, James. But slavery was wrong. 
nevertheless, and notwithstanding, there is such a thing as Hold voluntary on, James doesn't slavery. agree with slavery. James knows and agrees slavery is wrong. I know. What are you talking about? Well, I mean, you know, and of course, whites were not the only practitioners of that. The blacks were already. Yeah, that's why I yeah, highlighted that black guy. woman. I mean, he says I'm. He says I'm not yeah. factual, but that black woman was a slave owner. You can't debate me on that, sir. Whites have yeah, been no, slaves true. and owned slaves, and so has every other people group. And what? Yeah, and it's wrong. He tried, and it's wrong. But there, but there's the flip side of that coin. There is such a thing as voluntary slavery, and that's what we're suffering from today. You look at black populations, especially in places like uh, Detroit, Michigan, like the south side of Chicago, like Baltimore, uh, Maryland. There's actually they're actually worse off. And I know this is going to get me in a lot of hot water by making this statement. I believe in some sense they're actually worse off because they are uh, the victims of what I refer to as voluntary slavery uh, through government facilitation. Ever since the Great Society, and you and Sam and James know this, uh, before the mid-1960s, uh, the, 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 home, the fatherless rate in black homes was below 25%. Now that is over 75%, and it is a direct result of government facilitation of what I refer to as voluntary slavery. And there, it is a form of slavery. There's also financial slavery, and we're all victims of that. So I would agree with you, Sam that um, today's black population in some ways, now I'm not saying in all ways, is just as much enslaved, if not more, than they were up until the 1860s in the South. And that's a great point you made, and I don't know why he uses that to try to argue against you, because it's, it's verifiably true. Well, and whether it's worse or not isn't the point. The point is we're all slaves to the IRS, and the whole point is slavery is wrong, <laughs> and it always has been. And I've never backed away. I've never had a mixed message. I've never soft-pedaled that reality check, okay? Slavery is wrong in every case. Anytime somebody lords right. over another, it's evil, satanic, and wrong. Okay, you got that? How much more clear, Jason, do you need me to be, my friend? Why don't you come on the radio and let's see how clear and direct I can be to you on the air in front of the public. And let's start by telling me how much you make from the Southern Poverty Law Center, because I bet it's more money than I make. And you transparently publish all your deal, and I'll do the same. You open to the challenge, my friend, or do you not have the balls? Just saying. I am Sam Bushman. I go by my real name, too. Is that even his real name? <laughs> God save the republic.